Today on The Dwelling Place, we begin a series in Joshua. It is because of the wickedness of these nations that the Lord is driving them out from before you. Don't get into the land and all of a sudden start thinking, oh, because of my own righteousness, how wonderful I am and how God just so enthralled with me because I'm so good. This is why, oh, I have the land. Never get that thought in your mind that I have the status I have today. I've arrived today, pastor, because I'm so righteous. The Bible says our righteousness is but a filthy rag in the sight of God. Dwelling place. Calvary Worship Center presents The Dwelling Place, and today marks the beginning of a new journey. In the coming weeks, we plan on going through the entire book of Joshua with you, chapter by chapter. As Pastor Al Pittman brings us an introduction today, we can't help but see how the book speaks of courage, confidence, and conquest. The people of Israel are poised and ready to enter the Promised Land, but their leader Moses has died. The baton of leadership is about to be passed on to Joshua. And that's where we pick up the story now. Joshua chapter 1, beginning here at verse 1. The Bible says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them the children of Israel, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon have been given, I have given you, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness in the Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. God bless the reading of his word. The book of Joshua begins with the calling, if you will, the assignment of Joshua, and it ends with the death of Joshua. The book of Joshua, you could say, is an expose of Joshua's life as a courageous Warrior, hence the title of the message, Courageous Warrior. That is the theme throughout the book of Joshua we're going to use. And this title of this message today is Crossing Over. The first 12 chapters of the book of Joshua, a total of 24 chapters, the first 12 uh, is about the conquest of the land. The second 12 uh, set of chapters, 12 chapters, uh, speaks about the subsequent division of the land among the children of Israel. But why? the book of Joshua this time. As I was praying and talking to some others about what book to teach in, one reason, I haven't taught in this book, I don't think since 2007, amen. <laughs> the other reason is that the book of Joshua, in the book we find many aspects of our faith that are really applicable to our lives today. Many aspects of faith applicable to our lives today. Another thing is that God calls every believer to be a courageous warrior. A courageous warrior. God calls us to be a courageous people. One of the reasons I know that because there's no cowards in heaven. 
If you look at the list of those who are not allowed to be in heaven, there's listed there cowards. And there are no cowards in heaven because cowards do not believe. They are people of unbelief. And without faith, you cannot please God. And it takes courage to live by faith. Amen. Now, this, this courage comes by way not of how we feel. I know, you know, a lot of days I get up, I don't feel very courageous, Lord. But it's not based on how we feel, but it's based upon our relentless reliance upon God. Whether I've fallen down or I've made a mistake, I had a good day or a bad day, it doesn't matter, Lord, I'm totally reliant upon you. That's what you really call a courageous warrior in Christ. When we think of, a, of a course of courageous warriors, we kind of get the Hollywood uh, vision in our mind, envision you know, the Hollywood's uh, uh, definition of a courageous warrior. We think of Rambo and, you know, John Wayne or whatever you might think, you know, uh, uh, some, you know, guy that's always brave, never fear. I mean, they're never fearless. Uh, they always have it together, you know, no matter what kind of pro- problem they get into, they can know how to get out of it. And they're confident, flawless in leadership. Uh, but that's not the case we find here in the book of Joshua. And Joshua was a man, a human, a regular person just like us, a God had ordained for leadership. In fact, in Deuteronomy chapter 9, verses 1 to 6, Deuteronomy chapter 9, verses 1 to 6, Moses reminds the children of Israel why God was giving them the land. It had nothing to do with their qualifications. In fact, he said this in Deuteronomy chapter 9, verse 1, Moses said, Here, O Israel, you are to cross over the Jordan today and go in to dis- dispossess nations greater and mightier than yourself, cities great and fortified up to the heaven. These huge cities with high walls and all, a people that is greater and mightier than you. You know, it's just the nature of God to call us to face that which is greater and mightier than us. And he chooses, the Bible says, the weak things, the foolish things of the earth to confound the, the, the strong and the so-called wise of the earth. He chooses the things that are not as if they were, the despised things. He chooses for his glory so that all the glory might go to him and not to us. And so he calls them to go in and to possess the land, not because they were better than these people, mightier, but actually the people were greater than them. But he calls them to possess the land. He also reminds them, Moses does, in, in Deuteronomy chapter 9, verse 4, he says, Do not think, think in your heart after the Lord your God has cast out before you, cast out that nation, them before you, saying, because of my righteousness, the Lord has brought me in to possess the land. But it is because of this, the wickedness of these nations that the Lord is driving them out from before you. Don't get into the land and all of a sudden start thinking, oh, because of my own righteousness, how wonderful I am and how, how God just, you know, he's just so enthralled with me because I'm so good. This is why, oh, I have the land. Never get that thought in your mind that I have the status I have today. I've arrived today, pastor, because I'm so righteous. The Bible says our righteousness is but a filthy rag in the sight of God. 
I know Calvary Worship Center exists not because of my righteousness or who I am, but because of what God has promised, what God has said. And so Moses said, don't get in the land and start getting full of yourself. Oh, I, I, I've got the promotion on the job. I've got this. I've got this status in life because I'm all that in a bag of chips. No, but simply, Lord, because of who you are. Don't forget, amen, where God has brought you from. He deserves all the praise and all the glory. Amen. Amen. Another, amen. Give him praise and glory. Amen. Thank God. Another thing to remember here, too, is we, we hear the, the words of Moses that, you know, for 400 years, the children of Israel were in Egypt in bondage. And do you know for those 400 years, plus we could add another 40 for them wandering around in the wilderness, God was dealing with the Canaanites for them to repent and turn from their wickedness. God was patient for 400 years with the Canaanites, those who were living in the so-called, as we call it, the promised land, you know, on the other side of the Jordan, that they would repent and they would not repent. And so now the Lord is, of course, giving the land to, to the children of Israel, not, you know, as he had promised uh, beforehand. But there's a lesson here for us. And it's this, that mankind's constant rejection of God's love and mercy never turns out well. The Canaanites continued to resist the Lord. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 1, that he who is often rebuked and hardens his neck will suddenly be destroyed in that without remedy. A great warning, therefore, is that we should take to heart that this constant, you know, God pleading with us, God ministering to us, God's mercy and grace and love extended to us, and we just harden our neck and we just say, well, you know what, I'm going to do it my way and I'm just going to resist God and I won't agree with God that it's sin and, and that I need to repent. I'm not talking about somebody who's, who's perfect, but somebody who refuses to confess the sin and rejects the mercy and the grace of God on an ongoing basis. Be careful. I've seen it happen to pastors, even who have thought somehow they've gotten so high up and achieved so much in the Lord and are not making so much money or whatever and they live in a nicer house, all these things. All of a sudden now I can sort of defy God and I can have my cake and eat it too and have illicit affairs and God is warning them all the time. And by the time you find out about it, God has probably warned them 400 times. And they stiffen their neck. And not just for pastor, but for life, seen it in the life of a lot of believers. Pastor Al will be back with part two of today's message titled Crossing Over in just a moment. Pastor Al rarely speaks about financial matters when it comes to the dwelling place. But the reality is, we need your support to continue sharing these broadcasts with the millions of people who need to hear the truth of God's love and grace. We appreciate your faithful financial support and also your support through prayer. Please pray that the Word of God would become real in the lives of those who hear the messages Pastor Al shares. You can also bless us by telling a friend about the dwelling place and inviting them to listen. Now here's Pastor Al to finish up today's message here on the dwelling place. Now, I'm not perfect, but by the grace of God, so go I. But one thing I do know is that I must repent. I must agree with God that my sin is sin. Amen? And when we harden our hearts against God and stiffen our necks, sudden destruction can come. And there is no remedy. 
Didn't say you lost your salvation, but you lost your marriage. You lost your ministry. You lost your reputation. It's an it's a, it's a, it's a ex, uh, exhortation, a warning that we should all heed. And this is what happened to the people, the inhabitants, inhabitants of Canaan. They resisted God's favor for 400 plus years. And sudden destruction came by the Lord, by the hand of the children of Israel as they conquered the land. Moses goes on in Deuteronomy chapter 9 to further reveal Israel's lack of qualifications to possess the land, the promised land, by telling them in Deuteronomy 9 verse 6, therefore understand that the Lord your God has not given you this good land to possess because of your righteousness, for you are a stiff-necked people. <laughs> I mean, just talking about being stiff-necked before the Lord, but, you know, reality is sometimes even believers, are, you know, we're, we're stiff-necked sometimes. I mean, we're kind of hard-headed or, or walking in pride, and God has to break us, and we repent, and, and we go on. But the Lord understood, and Moses understood, as he says to them, they were a stiff-necked people. Indeed, they were. I mean, Moses pastored them for 40 years in the wilderness, and all they did was complain. All they did was rebel. Rebel against the manna, the food that God gave them from heaven. We don't want any more manna, you know. Longing for the leeks and onions of Egypt. Oh, the great good old days. They were, you know, you know how it is when it comes to sin. Sometimes the devil tries to convince you that somehow you had it so much better before. <laughs> but you forgot all the nights that you didn't sleep well. You forgot the hangovers and all the things and sneaking around and lies you had to, to tell and all these different things try to cover your own sin and all of that. Forgotten all that. And somehow you look back and you have spiritual amnesia, I like to call it, and forget that there were some really low times and God delivered you. Yes, Amen. Out of the gutter. Amen. He saves to the uttermost and to the guttermost. Amen. Yes, Praise his holy name. And the devil has us fools sometimes thinking that, oh, we're so much better like the children of Israel. And we get a little stiff-necked thinking we know better than God. Be careful of that. He says he calls them a stiff-necked people. So I'm looking at this and I'm reading here in Deuteronomy 9. This is, again, setting the stage here for Joshua chapter 1. But looking at this and I'm thinking, therefore, the only reason that the land was given to this, now let's recap, this weak, undeserving and stiff-necked people. <laughs> the only reason God gave it to them is the same reason God blesses you and I today. Because sometimes we're weak. Not, not sometimes we are weak. We're definitely undeserving. And there are times we've been stiff-necked with God. And yet God has given us the land, so to speak. There's only one reason why. Because of his divine promise. He promised God is not a man that he should lie. And you know, for me, as a believer in Christ, follower of Christ, as a pastor, it really, that thought really takes the pressure off of me. In other words, the only reason that I'm here as your pastor is because of God's word, because God has spoken it. That's the only qualification I have. I don't have any other qualifications. So therefore, I'm off the hook for trying to appease and, and please people. Because by the grace of God, as Paul said, I am what I am. It is God who has appointed me. It's God who has appointed you. 
Because of faith in Christ, you've been given the right to be called children of God. You belong to him. So you don't have to prove to people you're the child of God. You don't have to prove to people or appease people or do everything that pleases folks. You just have to please God. Amen. 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 Thank God that you are who you are because he has promised. And he's not a man that he should lie. And God's promise, his promises are not diminished by our personal weaknesses or problems. God is a God of promise. Despite how weak we are, despite the problems we may face. Deuteronomy chapter 9, Moses goes on to say in verse, verse 5, he says, It is not because of your righteousness, again, he tells him, or the upright, uprightness of your heart that you go in to possess this land, but because of the wickedness of those nations that the Lord your God drives them out from before you. And here it is, and that he may fulfill the word which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. He promised them they would have this land. So God is saying, this is, I mean, Moses is saying, this is why you're going to have the land, because God had promised you the land through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. On any given day, in our lives, we may be facing a Jordan River, facing a place that seems to be impossible. We're looking at the depths of the water, spiritually speaking. We're looking at the current, how it's run, r- racing, you know, or how rough the current is. And, 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 and we're, we're tempted uh, to, by the circumstances of our lives, to remain uh, on the other side of the Jordan, again, metaphorically speaking, on the other side of the Jordan where things are convenient and things are comfortable. God doesn't want us to stay on the other side. God wants our faith to be moving forward because the Spirit of God lives within us. And the Spirit of God is call, always calling us to live by faith. He's always calling you and I to cross over, to continue to grow, to abound in the knowledge of Christ. Why? Because the just shall live by faith. Amen. Amen. We are to live by faith. Again, without faith, we cannot please the Lord. So it's with this understanding of why God is giving them the land that is because of God's promise. This is the assurance that Joshua has here as God is calling him in Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 to 4. And so with this understanding, we come to Joshua chapter 1. And the Lord's exhortation to the servant of Moses. God is calling Joshua to be a courageous warrior. A courageous warrior according to faith in God. That he might be a courageous leader. Joshua was not a prophet. He was a leader. A courageous warrior, trusting God, became a courageous leader. And you think about it, when you look at his pedigree, it was sort of in his DNA. Why do I say that? Well, when Moses sent 12 tribes, 12 tribes, 12 individuals representing the 12 tribes of Israel into the land to spy out the land, two of them said, we can take the land. 
And then the other ten said, no, we can't. We're like grasshoppers in their sight. They're, 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 they're giants there. The, the Anakim are there. Uh, they were the giants in that day. They weren't all giants, but there were some who were giants. I mean, they got some big people over there, you know. We can't. We're like grasshoppers in their sight. That's what the ten unbelieving spies said. And, of course, Joshua and Caleb said, we can take the land. And, and again, Joshua was had leadership in his DNA. The reason I say that is because Joshua was sent over as a spy uh, to spy out the land, and he represented the tribe of Ephraim. And it's interesting because Ephraim literally means doubly fruitful. Amen. And by the way, Caleb was a representative of the tribe of Judah. Amen. That's kind of a little extra thrown in there. But, uh, but the, what I want you to focus on is the fact that it was, was kind of in his DNA, in Joshua's DNA, because he represented the tribe of Ephraim, a doubly blessed or fruitful people. I believe God wants us to be doubly fruitful. Amen? I don't think he wants us to bear a little fruit. And that's why he's the husband of the vineyard. He's a keeper of the vineyard. And he comes in and he prunes and he cuts some things off so that you can bear more fruit. He wants us doubly fruitful. He doesn't want us hanging on to dead branches and dead relationships and things that, you know, that are just hindering our walk with the Lord. He comes to cut those things. He, he digs up around the, you know, the, 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 uh, the, the vine itself, and he, he fertilizes and he prunes so that we might bear more fruit. He wants us to be doubly fruitful. And when you think about it, that leadership or that that fruitfulness is in our DNA as well. And the reason I say that, spiritually speaking, it may not be in your, your, your uh, ancestry, it may not be in your, your family line, but now that you know Christ, he has placed his spirit within you that you might be doubly fruitful. Amen? That's God's desire for us. Not to settle for a little bit. Not to squeeze out one apple or one grape. Boom. Oh, that's it. I'm done. Rest of the year, I just kind of cruise. No, God wants us to be doubly fruitful within our lives. Notice something here also in verse 1, the latter part of verse 1. It says, Joshua, the assistant of Moses, he was the servant of Moses. And that, that tells me something here. There's a lesson to be learned here uh, as we go through uh, these verses. And that is that Joshua was a great leader because he was first a great leader servant. People want to be in leadership in the church and other places, but they don't want to serve. We say we do life together. What does that mean? It's just a nice little slogan. No, it means that we serve each other. You're tuned into The Dwelling Place with Pastor Al Pittman, Senior Pastor at Calvary Worship Center in Colorado Springs, Colorado. If you enjoy Pastor Al's teaching ministry, be sure to download the Calvary Worship Center app for your device and take Pastor Al wherever you go. You'll find a link for a free download at our website, cwccs.org. The Dwelling Place is also available at oneplace.com. And I would also like to ask you to take a few moments today to send Pastor Al an email and let him know you enjoy The Dwelling Place on this station. You can also share a prayer request with us. Just send an email to amen at cwccs.org. Did you know that The Dwelling Place is a listener-supported ministry? We count on your support to keep this radio ministry going and growing. You can support this program with a one-time gift or become a monthly supporter. 
If you'd like to join our support team, you can do so at our website, cwccs.org, or by texting the word GIVE to 719-354-2778. If you live in the Colorado Springs area and are looking for a church home, or you'll be visiting the area in the future, we invite you to come join us for worship here at Calvary Worship Center. You'll find directions and more information at cwccs.org. You can also watch our services via live streaming right there at our website. You'll find directions and service times for both locations at cwccs.org. Join us next time for another study in God's wonderful Word. The Dwelling Place with Pastor Al Pittman is presented by Calvary Worship Center in Colorado Springs, Colorado. 